In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Let us begin our prayer this morning by quoting from a passage from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. It's a beautiful and urgent call not to receive God's grace in vain. It's now the acceptable time. Now is the time of favor, the day of salvation. If now is the time to receive God's uh, grace and not to receive it in, in vain, it means that there is, is God's grace available for us. Imagine if we had a huge wealth ready to be given to us, many riches, but then squandering all those riches. Imagine being given a huge treasure, a huge amount of money, but then not actually spending it in anything, not enriching yourself other than with the money itself and then not using it to buy things at all. I've heard stories about people who win the lottery and it seems that some guy made a study of all the people, I don't know where, but yeah, all the people who, who had won the lottery, he went back after you know, years or something after they had won, and a huge percentage of the people who had won the lottery had ended up wasting millions of the dollars that they had won. And it was amazing to read how many of them had been asked years later, after they had won, what they wanted. And many of them said, I wish I had not won the lottery. <laughs> because they had understood they had squandered it and suddenly all these supposed friends were attracted to them and suddenly they had a great difficulty identifying the true values in their life. But we have won the lottery. We have the divine grace of vocation, the clarity of our call, our place in the church. Imagine, I mean, somebody investing millions of dollars in a racehorse, a beautiful steed. And it's an investment that you make because you know that that racehorse will win many races for you. It's beautifully trained. It's who knows why certain racehorses 
or so fast. And you know that you can bet huge sums on that horse because it's fast, that horse will win. And it will win back all the earnings that you invested in it in the first place. But of course, for you to ensure that, you'd have to take care of that horse, you'd have to feed it properly, you'd have to hire somebody to, you know, to keep it in a, in a good stable, give it the proper diet. But all that investment is worth it because it's going to win so much for you. You wouldn't simply feed it uh, fries from McDonald's or something. I don't know. You, I don't know what horses have to eat, but you have to feed it you know, a good diet. And for us, well, like that horse, uh, the reason of our life is, and we exist really for one thing. We exist to become the best version of ourselves. Not a low grade, not to get by in a minimum, minimum sense. And we have to be like a high definition movie. A movie where you can really see the details, that they film it in this high def, you could see it on a large screen without losing any of the definition, without losing any of the quality. And that is the nature of sanctity. It's not a black and white movie with low quality image, low density, or without all that color potential. When you see older movies, sometimes you, you see it's kind of lack of quality in the actual image. Well, that's, that's what they had at the time, often. We want to be the best version of ourselves, and the best version of ourselves is that we be saints. But we have to really strive for that, and we have to desire that. We have to ask ourselves, to what degree do I have an actual, ongoing, constant desire in everything I do for sanctity? Where are my deepest desires? Or what are my deepest desires? What do I really, really want? Do I really desire sanctity for myself? Sanctity for those around me? I would say that our father had this uh, deep intuition. He had this ability to read the gospel in such a way that he was able to take out all the potential that was locked inside, inside those divinely inspired lines of the gospel. You could say, he could see even all the extension, just even of one word sometimes. We know how what jumped out at him was one of those single words that opened up all the possibilities, all the enthusiasm, all the generosity to serve God with love. And it was that word that he was so struck by that he embroidered it on, or had it embroidered on altar cloths and had it written as a reminder, written out in stone, he would write it himself as an aspiration. He would write it on pieces of paper, write that word, and then use it as a bookmark for his breviary. And 
that uh, single word in Latin was possumus. Possumus. We can. As you know, it was the words of John and James when our Lord asked them, Are you ready? Are you ready to drink the chalice that I will drink? And to drink the chalice, it meant to, to embrace all the, the setbacks, the difficulties, the suffering, ultimately, that the Lord's salvific plan implied. The fact that he came to be our Savior meant that he had to drink the, the chalice, meant that he had to drink the chalice of suffering or the chalice of God's, uh, God's will for him, God the Father's will. And he was ready to embrace that. Are you ready? He asked them. To what extent they understood exactly what they were saying. Their mother had asked if they could be seated at the right hand and the left. It was certainly a very daring request. It was something that you couldn't just obtain all that easily. To be seated on the right hand and the left on the throne since they believed the Lord to be the Messiah to be like a political Messiah that is somebody who would take over all of Israel and then just you know be this reigning king probably a king of peace but the image that they had of kings were that they were men of great power great authority and certainly during the Roman times even the kings considered themselves gods Caesar Augustus considered himself a god. You see that, of course, in, in, the, in the writings, but you see that in the shields, meaning that they believed themselves to have supreme authority, supreme power to do whatever they wanted. So for them to ask to be seated at the right hand or the left was a very daring demand. We know it came from their mother, and they wanted it too. And he said, okay, I'll give you that in some ways. But are you ready to drink? They said, posthumus. For us, the greatest dream, the greatest ideal has to be that in some ways that we be canonized, that we be saints, that we strive for that holiness and obtain it. And it may, we may think that it's impossible. I can't do this. I have my weaknesses. But with your grace... With your help, Lord, possumus. If we really integrate all the extent of that word, it can be quite um, dizzying. I remember during the Obama campaign, he used also a very alluring phrase that he used very effectively to gain the presidency. It was, as he spoke there, you could see it on on the on the lectern it's just said we can we can and of course he had a smiling face and a, a great uh, ability to speak great charisma but he was saying we can win the election you know um, but behind that there was also we can change the country we can win we can make it better. It was a great line. And well, for our father, for St. Josemaria, it was the conviction that we can 
struggle, we can fight harder, and God will grant us the grace to scale the heights, the real heights, the measurable heights of sanctity. We can. And it's not just a, a slogan, ultimately for us, to win an election, to win recognition, to even affect change. It's not just a slogan. It's deep, deeply an, an expression of faith and courage. We could ask ourselves, how often have I said that? That aspiration, it's called an aspiration, not a slogan, but an aspiration of faith. Possumus. We can. And it's not possum. It's not just I can. Because, well, alone I can't. But together with God's grace, together with the help of each other, together with the intercession of the saints, with our Blessed Mother, we can. We can fulfill that dream, which is why we whistled in the very first place. Because this was the pathway to sanctity that our Lord invited us to embrace. We can. It has to fill us with wonder. As well as with enthusiasm with regards to what we can do. And that we can, it's our sanctity, it's our growth in the virtues, it's becoming the best version, but it's also we can affect change around us so that others can also say we can. But for that to happen, we have to, it's clear we have to be filled with great desire, deep desire a deep abiding desire even if it if it gets hard it has to be our dream after the war in germany with all the rubble and all the churches destroyed and all the buildings destroyed there there was a story of some people going into an old gothic church that had been basically left in rubbles and, and rubble and they were trying to figure out what to do with all this and um, they found a large wooden crucifix it was a beautiful gothic crucifix with great expressivity but the arms were ripped off in, in some explosion and they, all they found was the body but without the arms an armless Jesus and uh, they began fixing up the church and they, they of course, they, they kept this beautiful carving aside and, and they were wondering, well, what do we do with this? Can we use a, a crucifix that is without, without arms? In the end, after much deliberation, they decided to keep it and they set it up as an altarpiece just as it had been found with all its you know, scratches and, and uh, brokenness. And they set it up with a, an inscription that said, You are my arms. You are my arms. And it was, uh, it became a, an image that a lot of people uh, were inspired by. You are my arms, you know. In some ways, he's saying, you can do it. 
you are God's arms in the world because he needs men and women in the world to bring about this desire for sanctity. God sends us out so that he may come closer to this ailing world which so often cannot find a physician that can restore it to health. We can talk to many people about the love of God, about His mercy, and we can talk to them with that hope that can generate in them, when we talk to them about hope, it can generate in them real desires. The same, if you like, the same hope that God sees in each one of them. That it is only in Him that they will find salvation. It's only in Him that they will find the words of eternal life. It's only through the prism of the love of God that they can do their work, live their family life, you know, in a way that is truly, well, inspiring and will lead to sanctity. That's why we cannot lose a single opportunity. We lose opportunities, sometimes through procrastination of our duty, sometimes through mere laziness, attachment to com comfort, weariness, human respect. Those are all opportunities. Those are all ways in which our opportunities are lost. So we had the lottery ticket, but then we squandered it. We cannot be the arms of Jesus unless we are saints. Unless we re-examine our desire for sanctity. Do you really want to be the arms of Jesus? But we have to re-examine. Do I want that? In other words, do I want that sanctity? Do I want to play that role that the, ultimately that the Lord had to be Savior? Because he saved, he saved us, but to save us means that He gives us the possibility, the opportunity, the occasion to change and to be saints. To be the Savior does not mean that he kind of just puts a check mark by our name and, and we're good. We can get on the plane. It's not just like the QR code for on our phone to get on the plane because we've been vaccinated. We have to be, to get on the plane, we have to be saints. And canonizable sanctity is not just getting by or at least not being in mortal sin. Not to be in mortal sin cannot be our goal or our ideal. We have to be sinners who love Jesus Christ with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. And that way our Lord transforms us into his apostles. We see that the way he speaks about it to God the Father in his very intimate uh, priestly priestly prayer as he addresses God the Father in St. John. 
He says, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. That intimate dialogue that our Lord Jesus had with God the Father with that intimate desire that they be sanctified, that we be sanctified in the truth. Not just that we know the truth, not just that we hear about it, or that we be somehow registered. It's beautiful, really, to consider that the Lord Jesus prays for us, and what is he praying for us? He's not praying that we don't get sick or, or don't have a hard time. He's praying for us to be holy, he wants to see it happen. Indeed, when we pray for others, when we pray for the Pope, when we pray for the Bishop, what are we really praying for? Oremos pro Beatissimo Papa Nostro, Francisco. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. What are we praying for? Okay, we can pray for his need to get better and his trips and the fruit of his pastoral work of course yes we pray for that but deep down the most important thing that we want is that the Holy Father be a saint that he be holy because if he's holy ultimately you know that's what the church needs the most and she's seen that in many many popes see it in Pope John Paul II, Pope Paul VI, Pope Pius X, so many other popes. We could list them all, I suppose. In the first centuries, there were many popes that were saints. And the Lord prays to the Father for you and me to be saints. Because ultimately, God alone is holy. God alone is one. And His holiness is, is what we share in, the holiness of God. In His holiness, people and things can share in His holiness. When we say sanctifying, when we sanctify something, it means it has to do with dedicating it or, or consecrating something to God when we sanctify something. It's as though we're going to sanctify this altar, consecrate this altar, can't even, you could say, I suppose, uh, an object like a crucifix. We exclude it from being used for any profane purposes. It's only to be used for, well, for Holy Mass or for holy purposes. And we've been consecrated in our baptism. Our baptism we were consecrated because our life has to exist for the love of God. As uh, God says to Jeremiah, before I formed you 
in the womb I knew you and before you were born I consecrated you I appointed you a prophet to the nations of course he consecrated Jeremiah so that he could speak well and that he could play his role as prophet but if something is to be consecrated to God it must be perfect that it must be holy and so you know you could think of a consecrated person is is consecrated to God but that means that they have a moral sanctity it means they have to practice the virtues the human virtues the supernatural virtues and our purpose is to go to God but to, to be consecrated also means to have that moral sanctity and that means I also have to want to develop all those qualities that are proper to a saint that are inherent in a saint the supernatural virtues the human virtues the qualities even the desires of saints perhaps we have said well I, I'm like this you know I'm not a saint well, I'm not a saint I'm just hardwired uh, with this character that I have as though you know I I'm just like this. This is the way I am. I can't improve. I can never really improve. I'm just was kind of made like this. I was brought brought up in this family or this thing, and and like a student says, "Why, well, you know, I'm just not good at math. I'm not good at computers. You know? I don't know how computers are." You know, you might accept a man saying, well, I, I'm, I'm just not good at cooking. You know? It's not my thing. Yeah. No, no, you simply have decided not to invest time in learning how to add spices to lasagna, you know, and what spices to put in there and how to boil the lasagna. You just decided that's not your priority. Everyone can learn to be an instrument if they spend time at it. Everybody can learn to be to do math if they decide that it's important. And uh, our Lord here he asks for both things of his disciples because they need they need to be dedicated to God, but they also need the the human qualities and the supernatural qualities, the moral qualities, if they're going to fulfill their supernatural mission in the world. And our fathers taught this many times eh, that we are like good wheat in the hand, in the wounded hand of the divine sower. We are like wounded, we are wheat in the wounded hand that he soaks in his redemptive blood, making us capable of prodigious fruitfulness. And then he throws us flying into the air to all the furrows of the world. It's a beautiful image, right? We can tell our Lord now, you know, I want to be that wheat or that that grain that will make for our Lord a beautiful wheat field. Let's ask this desire, this desire for sanctity, the personal sanctity starts with a desire starts with the time we invest and, and, and just the effort we put into it.
Her Blessed Mother will help us. She'll intercede for us. She also had to have that desire. She also had it. She'll boost that desire, our readiness to do whatever time, whatever it takes to be the saints that the, that the Lord needs for His church, for His wheat field. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you all to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.